to the official OCPHA podcast journey series, where we interview our local Orange County healthcare professionals about their professional journey into their specialized fields. My name is Tony, and I'll be your host this week again, as I am joined by our special guest, uh, pharmacist Debbie Johnson. Hello, Tony. Hi. Hi, Debbie. Thank you again for uh, taking your time to be a guest on the podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm fantastic. How about you? Good, good. Did you have like a good uh, holiday season so far? Yeah, I'm getting ready for the holidays. Uh, you know, haven't quite finished wrapping all my gifts yet, but ah, okay. I'm on my way. Okay. And to the listeners who are listening uh, to this uh, episode, you might be hearing this after the holiday season's over. So we're recording this before the holiday season starts. <laughs> yeah. So uh, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yes, Tony. I- I've been a pharmacist for 45 years. I'm a third-generation pharmacist. Both my dad and grandfather were pharmacists, and I'm originally from Massachusetts, and I went to college in at Massachusetts College of Pharmacy in Boston, and I moved here to California about three years after I had graduated. didn't know anybody when I first moved to California, so I went to an Orange County Pharmacist Association meeting. Oh. And, of course, I was encouraged to join, and I got on some committees and and from there, I went on to be president of the of Orange County Pharmacists Association and eventually the state association, having held many offices in between. <laughs> wow, you, you did a lot because I, I remember going to the associations. I always saw your name on something, you know, like something from previous years of the organization, like on the board or being a past president, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of different experiences. Yeah, so actually, before you even went into pharmacy, was there something that made you decide to continue to pursue pharmacy? I know you say you're a third-generation pharmacist, but was there anything <laughs> in addition to that that kind of pushed you in that field? No, it was all my experience of going to work with my dad mm-hmm. and watching him compound in the back room of my grandfather's drugstore. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather was out in the front. They called him Doc. <laughs> oh, okay. And he was helping bandage minor wounds and... And just talking to the people in general and helping them choose over-the-counter medications and that kind of thing. So that was a perfect example of something that I wanted to do. I Even as a young, young child, I was interested in medical field. Uh, but the experience of watching both my dad and my grandfather just made me realize that pharmacy is where I, really where I wanted to go. And I never changed my mind. I decided in fifth grade I was going to be a pharmacist and... I just went on with that goal and studied in high school all the things I thought I needed to prepare myself for pharmacy school and and got in and went on from there. Okay, wow. That's uh that's really great that you got to you know, you got to see that firsthand growing up. Yeah. Not too many people have that experience. Mm-hmm. So so what is um your specific practice of pharmacy? Like what did you do? Was it mostly community compounding like what was what did it all encompass? Mostly community, and that's what I did all through college, and that was my first job when I graduated, and I realized that I was not very happy uh, dealing with the public because, you know, dealing with the public can can have its ups and downs. Mm -hmm. So I went to work in a hospital in Boston, and it turned out to be, I thought, an overstaffed hospital. I was so bored. (laughs) But what Mm -hmm. I, back in, this was like in the 70s, the mid-70s is when I graduated from college. And what I realized at the time is we never really saw any patients. The nurses came down to pick medications up or they were delivered up to the floor. Mm-hmm. 
And I, well, you know, what I really love and hate about the practice of pharmacy is dealing with the public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I realized I liked, loved it more than I hated it. So I went back to community practice. Okay. And probably about, ooh, I don't know, 15 years later, I had an opportunity to go work in a compounding pharmacy, which I jumped at. And I worked there for 13 years. And it was probably one of the better, best jobs I've ever had. Because I felt like I was using my education to help solve problems. Uh-huh. I used to get calls from doctors that had patients that had, they'd tried different medications on, and they told me what they'd used, and they'd ask me to see if there was something that maybe we could compound that would might be able to help their patients. Wow. And so that was a unique opportunity to use my education. Yeah, I guess that's a little different than what you were used to when you worked on the inpatient side. Yes. You know, back, back then, right, in the 70s? Yes. When you said it was overstuffed? Yes. So then, so when you got the opportunity to go into compounding, what was, like, I guess, how did that opportunity arise? How did you yourself get into compounding? Well, I worked for thrifty drugstores for 20 years. When I first moved to California, Mm -hmm. I was licensed in Massachusetts, but I hadn't taken the California board. And thrifty gave me a job as a graduate intern. I worked for them until Rite Aid bought them out. And I realized that I, I had met the CEO of Rite Aid and I wasn't too impressed with him. Mm -hmm. He couldn't look me in the eye and that showed distrust to me. <laughs> so uh, when the opportunity to go manage a compounding pharmacy came along, I jumped at it. So it solved two issues. One, I wasn't going to work for Rite Aid. And uh, two, I got a job working in compounding, which was an area that I had an interest in. And then, you know, for students that are in pharmacy school right now, or maybe even pharmacists that are currently working in a different field that want to get into compounding, do you have any advice for, for them? Well, for the students, a lot of times they have an opportunity to be able to do a rotation in a compounding pharmacy. So I would recommend that they go that route. For a pharmacist, it's a little bit different because uh, the today there's so many regulations on the compounding pharmacies that there aren't as many open anymore. Mm-hmm. And so there aren't as many opportunities. But if they had an opportunity to be able to try it, then yes, give it a try because it, it can be very rewarding field in pharmacy. That actually brings up uh, another question that I was curious about is what is your most rewarding moment or experience that you had in your career? Hmm. I would have to say working in the compounding pharmacy, one of the things we did was bioidentical hormone therapy for women in menopause. Oh, okay. And I had worked with a woman and uh, got her stabilized on on bioidentical hormone therapy, mainly uh, by applying it to the skin. Mm-hmm. And her husband came in one day to pick up her prescriptions and thanked me for giving him his wife back. Oh, wow. And so I have to say that was fairly rewarding. <laughs> wow. that That is like pretty much you you changed their life pretty much. Yes. So. yes. Okay. Yeah. So in the interest of time and uh, respecting your time, before we, we finish this interview, I'd like to ask if you have anything you'd like to promote or if there's uh, questions that people may want to ask you about compounding or your career, um, how would they reach you? Okay, yes. There uh, there are, I would like to promote something, Tony, but if someone is interested in contacting me, they can do so by my email address, which is dx2johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N, at AOL.com. And what I'd like to promote is the fact that I run the day-to-day operation for the Pharmacy Museum called the Don and June Salvatore California Pharmacy Museum, which is located in Sacramento. 
And if any of your audience is interested in coming up to tour, they would contact me through that email address and I can set up a tour for them. That's amazing. So can you actually go a little bit more into what is shown at the museum, like what you have there for people who are interested in knowing the history of pharmacy? Yes, Tony. It's located, the, the museum is located in the lobby of the California Pharmacists Association office building. And it's broken up into three eras of pharmacy and each section's like a three wall room. And the first section is the late 1800s era of pharmacy where you'd see a tin ceiling and light fixtures that are meant to represent the gas lamps that they would have used then. And then all of the shop bottles, which is the storage bottles that the pharmacists used to compound prescriptions during those times. Nothing was commercially available, all compounding. Mm-hmm. And then you move on from that section into the 1945 section. That section has actual fixtures or, or furniture from a pharmacy, and it's set up so that you are the pharmacist, and you are filling prescriptions, and you're looking into the over-the-counter section of the pharmacy. Oh, okay. And this is an interesting time in pharmacy because manufactured drugs were just being made available pharmacists still do compounding at that time. So they had more than one option of medication to provide to the patients. And then you move into the next section of pharmacy, which is looks like a modern drugstore today. I call it the 1980s pharmacy mm-hmm. because I believe we've moved on from the modern pharmacy. And so many pharmacists have unique practices. They have office practices. They work in inpatient settings and they do all kinds of different patient care in inpatient settings. There's so many options in pharmacy today. That's just one is this modern day pharmacy. And it's set up so you can go in there and see that, oh, we use computers today and you're actually in the prescription area with all the empty bottles okay, <laughs> and boxes of, of current medications. And then there's a large conference room that has bookshelves on both sides. And we have old books, Water and pestles, stock bottles, apothecary jars, all kinds of different pharmacy artifacts in that room. There's a lot to see. Wow, that sounds really amazing. I I actually have to make my way uh, up there to, to visit the, the museum as well. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, but to be respectful of your time, uh, I'd like to thank you again for taking some time out of your day to be our guest. And uh, I'm sure our listeners learn a lot about you and your field. Yes, I like to think so, Tony. And thank you for having me on this podcast. Appreciate it. Of course, anytime. Okay, so if you guys like this episode, please subscribe to our podcast to get notified of future episodes. For more information about OCPHA, you can find us on ocpha.org or on our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. But until next time, OCPHA is signing off, reminding you to get determined, get inspired. Get inspired.